Hello and welcome to Media Snack Live from Puerto Rico. And hello from Pittsburgh. Hey, Vic, how are you? Great. It was a great conference this week and lots to unpack. You tired? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, yeah, me too. Well, good. Let's get started then. There's, there is a lot to unpack. I think in this episode of Media Snack, we're going to cover a lot of the issues that we heard about in, uh, in Orlando, Florida. We'll cover those issues, the challenges and opportunities that are keeping procurement up late at night and hopefully energizing procurement to get up in the morning to tackle them. Um, we'll give you the things that procurement professionals at the biggest and best companies in the world are thinking through and how they're planning to tackle those challenges in the future. Plus, stay with us to the end. Um, at the end of this uh, media cast, you'll find out um, three tips on what to watch out for in your contracts related to non-transparent media. All that and more on today's media snack. Welcome to Media Snack, the live weekly show where we unpack the important questions that you will have about media, agencies, marketing, and more. If you're new to the channel, it's great to have you join us. Subscribe below to get alerts of all upcoming weekly episodes. Great. So, Vicky, what is the question of the week? This week's question is, what is keeping procurement up at night? Great. So let's unpack that and get into it. We had a good contingent um, down in Florida, as we said, at the ANA Financial Management Conference. There's a lot to unpack. Um, probably, to be honest, a, a media snack is not enough to cover it all. But we'll highlight some of the themes that came across loud and clear to us in the conference. Um, a few of those themes. Uh, first, data. Data is a huge um, challenge and a huge priority for procurement professionals in every single organization that attended the conference. The question really comes down to, are you able to surf that wave of data or are you drowning in a sea of data? And we'll talk about that. DEI, um, very, very high on the corporate agenda, as I think everybody in business knows. But there's some really big challenges uh, on the horizon for dealing with it and hitting the targets that companies are setting for themselves. Uh, collaboration. Collaboration came through in a number of presentations at the conference. It's not just you know, a good way of working. It's not just a good way of aligning uh, interests, but it's also being seen as a key to optimization. We'll talk about that for a bit. And then simplification. It's really becoming clear that advertisers need to simplify Many um, agencies need to work with advertisers to simplify the remuneration and performance-related incentive plans that they have in place. So we'll focus on those areas today, but let's begin with data. So data, we all know, you know, really it can be a force for good. Uh, if, if you have the time, bandwidth, and human resources to marshal every data point that you want to look at across the enterprise, um, but it does stress the organization to find those sorts of resources to make sure you're, you're using data properly and you're looking at the right data. There are also a ton of pressures coming down on procurement professionals today, and we heard, we heard this in the hallways and we heard it in some of the presentations. Um, some of the pressures facing procurement professionals today are uh, ESG, environmental social governance, um, supply and risk management, value, um, and also the, 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 the kind of threading the needle between building top line value and reducing cost or mitigating cost increases, 
the rise of digital has made things incredibly complex for today's procurement professional. And talent development and retention was on everyone's radar and everyone's agenda. Now, on top of all of that, you've got market pressures, right? So we're a pandemic and a war bookend two years of supply and demand disruptions. Um, it's really an amazing period of time for procurement professionals. Um, and Kate Short of Nestle spoke about this in her uh, address to the to the. Uh, uh, virtual and in-person attendees at the NA conference. Um, Kate talked a lot about the need to focus on automation. What can automation do in order to free up that important human capital to really collaborate with colleagues and work on the strategy behind the procurement's uh, agenda? And she mentioned the future value of a bunch of technology um, and automation um, trends. She talked about data visualization. She talked about blockchain. AI, advanced analytics, uh, machine learning. And all of these things, I think, um, to varying degrees are being considered by today's procurement professional. Probably fair to say it's not being optimized by most procurement professionals today, but it definitely will be in the future. So what we took away from this is just having a clear point of view and a roadmap for leveraging automation to shape and mold the most important data in your organization that's gonna make the difference between surfing and drowning in data. I think if we fast forward, I don't know, maybe three to five years from now, it's gonna be really interesting to see how much of those automation techniques are on the front end of the agenda at the ANA Financial Management Conference. So that's one theme we took away was uh, how to organize, synthesize and harness data, data rather, to make decisions quickly and be more agile. Okay, Vic, next up, DEI. Yeah, DEI, there were multiple sessions on DEI. In fact, it made up the whole first day of the conference was dedicated to that topic. Um, and it's very important. 89% of respondents to an ANA survey said that the importance of supplier diversity in their advertising and marketing has increased some or significantly over the past year. However, 45% um, also reported that their company spend increased, some or that that their spend, company spend increased some or significantly within the tier one supplier diversity uh, for marketing and advertising. So there's a disconnect between how important it is in the organization and how much they're actually executing that in terms of their spend. Um, so what's driving that? Um, well, the biggest challenge that was noted in the ANA supplier diversity survey was finding diverse suppliers. Um, so the ANA has a great resource for this um, at ana.net um, slash diverse suppliers. It's available in PDF and Excel and is, is a great resource to go to and find those diverse suppliers to help make the, the need match the reality. Um, another great um, presentation at the conference was um, from Constance Jones at the National Minority Supplier Development Council, or NMSDC. Um, the NMSDC is celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. Um, so they presented um, some of the progress that's been made in the, in the past 50 years. But one of the things that, that of note is that um, it will still take, according to their estimations, over 300 years to close the racial wealth gap in, in America. And that racial wealth gap is that white, white households um, have eight times the wealth of black households in America 
and five times the wealth of Latino households. So one of the NMSDC's goals um, for the next 50 years is to close that gap. So to, to move from 300 years to 50 years, it's a really ambitious goal. Um, but one of the things that they're doing is creating an endowment um, for their 50th anniversary to help um, make improvements uh, to, to that end. Um, closing the racial wealth gap, it's not just um, good for people in those communities, um, but it's also good for the economy as it means increasing the US GDP by $8 trillion by 2050, and also adding 2.6 trillion in consumer spending and 9 million jobs. Um, so Constance emphasized the importance of certification and that while not hard, it can be hard to understand. So NMSDC has created a process to ensure that it's not tedious and help the MBEs to take this important step towards certification. So next up is collaboration. Yeah, so you know we all talk about collaboration. We all believe in it. We all think it sounds like a better way to work and build consensus and alignment. Uh, what we heard in the conference was that procurement professionals are con uh, uh, increasingly looking at collaboration as a, as a key driver for optimization in the business. Uh, they see that as being kind of the secret sauce on being able to turbocharge their entire enterprise um, goals and objectives. But, um, you know, collaboration isn't always embraced. I mean, it's just a fact. Uh, people have to sort of break through some barriers. And we heard in a number of presentations the types of barriers that procurement professionals are facing. Um, language barrier is one of them, meaning marketing doesn't understand maybe finance speak or procurement speak and vice versa. Um, there's a bit of perception versus reality going on, I think, in the exchanges from what we heard and um, in, in corporate America in particular, where procurement's role is not respected by agencies and procurement's value is perhaps not even seen by their marketing colleagues. So that's a challenge that uh, continues to come through in some of the ANA surveys that are done out there. And I would say the other one might, the other barrier is turf protection. You know, people consistently feel like, well, what's the underlying intent behind the desire to collaborate? Uh, are you trying to take over parts of my job? Are you trying to um, take over some of the more high-end strategic work from our department? And there's definitely some of that going on. But, you know, clarity of roles and uh, clear lanes of engagement uh, helps that a lot. Um, and creating that, Clarity in the form of a playbook can really be helpful too. And we saw an interesting presentation from Ann Murray and Dan Wald uh, sharing a pretty unique idea around creating a, they called it a working together agreement. So a working together agreement is a component of the overall MSA, which essentially addresses all of the intangible, but hugely important elements of a relationship between an advertiser and an agency. Um, and they shared some interesting examples of what could go in that playbook or in that working agreement. For example, uh, statements like, we are, as a business, open-minded to risky ideas. If, if that's the persona of the advertiser, that's a pretty clear declaration of the challenge and the ambition they want the agency to follow. So I thought that was really interesting and good to have in a, in a, in a working agreement. Another example, we will respect our communications protocols. We will abide by a declared escalation process when problems occur. So some very common sense ways to establish a code of conduct 
Um, and I, I just thought putting those ideas in writing in a playbook could go a long way towards um, better collaboration in the future. So that's another theme from the ANA, how to break down the barriers in collaboration, how to put in place some common sense steps that everybody knows they're marching to the same, uh, to the same you know, drumbeat. So finally, a call for simplification in agency remuneration and performance-related structures. Yeah, definitely. There was interesting presentations on agency compensation, where it's been, where it's going, and lessons learned along the way. Um, the ANA has, for, for a long time, um, conducted agency compensation surveys with the latest occurring in 2022. So one of the sessions presented the preliminary findings of the 2022 um, survey and trends along the way. And it was really interesting. Um, one of the, the findings that I, I especially um, found, found interesting was that 72% of respondents indicated that they don't know or are unsure of the impact of performance incentives. Um, and although the survey was done on a small base, that is a dramatic decrease in confidence marketers have in the ability of incentives to drive improved agency performances. And so the question is, what are those drivers? Um, there are some thoughts that perhaps it's the complexity of these, these incentives as more and more data is available. Um, people start packing more and more into these incentive programs. Um, it could be COVID and maybe a disconnect um, between advertisers and their agencies, um, or a little bit of both that are driving these results. Um, but there was a follow-up deep dive session afterwards where we tease this out a bit more, and it became clear that there can be frustration in overly engineering the models. Um, so I think the old ad adage of KISS applies here. Um, so the four A's in conjunction with the ANA are also in the process of creating an updated best practice for agency management programs. Um, so those are the four themes that we took away from the ANA AFM. That's great. Thanks, Vic. Yeah, I just also want to make a plea at this point for anybody that ever gets invited to participate in a survey from the ANA, please take the time to have your voice be heard. It was sort of uh, soul crushing to see some of the low bases and some of these survey results, yeah. um, particularly from marketers, to be honest. Um, and I think it's just super important. That I can't you know, overemphasize how critical the outcomes of these studies are for generating the tools and techniques that we all think are important to the industry. So if you ever get invited, you know, I, everybody's stretched. We understand that. But if you can put aside the time to participate in the study and have your voice heard, it will just make our industry all the more better. Okay. Um, as for that tease we put at the front of the show, the non-transparent media watchouts for your contract. Um, we always enjoy seeing uh, Reed Smith take the stage. They always have some fascinating, um, very clear and concise insights. And so just some tips on that bit um, that we took away. First and foremost, carefully scrutinize anything in the MSA agreement with your agency that has to do with agency services that are not, um, that are not totally transparent. Often these are framed as purely optional. So as a result, some advertisers sort of skip past it pretty quickly because they think, oh, well, that's, a, that's an optional element. It doesn't come into play unless we trigger um, a decision. Uh, but it's really important in the MSA process to make sure that um, if, if that you know what goes along with those uh, events. In other words, if your audit rights are being restricted, as they often are, non-transparent activity. Several different terms for 
this activity that'll appear in a contract, but it all boils down to the agency taking principal position in media buying. So carefully scrutinize those services, make sure you understand the implications. Uh, another tip is to interrogate whether um, there's a documented process for approvals in the MSA. And this dovetails on the previous point about um, principal buying. This, this step alone um, is going to be a really important layer in contracts so that advertisers have a clear uh, protocol for how to approve these particular buys. And it'll just be a, um, a very good operational discipline and, and governance protection for the MSA. And the final tip is just to involve your corporate privacy team in anything that has to do with data use cases in an MSA. That's increasingly becoming important especially in this day and age. All right, well, I think we're, we're ready to just give you a few things to think about and tips that we, um, we would like to pass along that most advertisers in the conference are bringing away back to their organizations. So we just thought it'd be useful to land on a few of those. Um, first, a couple from me. Um, be absolutely relentless about autom automating repetitive tasks in your organization. That frees up that human capital that's so precious right now. And then I think create a learning path for you and your team around cutting edge technology so that you become a beacon for what's possible in your organization from a data tech and automation perspective. And then I, I would say also take an honest assessment of where um, you're not getting optimal collaboration with other stakeholders, both inside your organizations and outside of your organization and consider um, taking those issues head on. So putting together a playbook, putting together that working together agreement that gets down to some of the, the nuance that's not always in an MSA, but hugely important to the relationship. Um, doing that, I think, alone could create better trust than almost anything else you might do with a partner when you're first starting out with them. And for me, I would say find out if the DEI spend increases are lagging uh, the importance placed on them by your organization and dig into the root causes for that disparity. Um, if it's a perception that it's difficult to find adverse suppliers, start with the ANA resources. And again, you can find those at um, ana.net slash diverse suppliers. Um, and then when it comes to remuneration models, the advertiser and agency need to work together to ensure that it's right and motivating. Um, keep it simple and don't over-engineer, especially if it's a new relationship. Um, always be open to evolving the model, um, but don't add without subtracting. That's one of the things that we always preach at IDcoms. And there's not a one-size-fits-all. So find the right solution that meets your or organization's needs. That's great. Thanks, Becca. And it was great to be with you in Orlando and to see colleagues and friends and uh and it just reminded us how tiring it is when you come home from one of those conferences. But we're <laughs> full of great uh, insights and takeaways, and, and hopefully you got a little bit of that flavor today. All right, I think that covers it um, for our topic for Media Snack today. What do you think? If you have any questions or you have a comment, um, you want anything that you think we should be digging into deeper from that um, Media Snack episode, let us know. And please give us a thumbs up. That helps other people um, find this show as well. That's it for today's Media Snack. Thank you for watching. See you soon. Bye for now. Media Snack is brought to you each week by IDcoms, the award-winning growth consultancy specializing in media. We help advertisers on a life cycle to growth in three service areas, operations, partnerships, and optimization that transform your media investments into real company growth. 
Whether you're planning an agency pitch, upgrading your media organization, want to learn new best practice, or simply get better performance from your media investments, you can find out more at idcoms.com forward slash growth.